the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and for the next two hours, you're stuck here with me while we talk about car and car repair problems and estimates and all that kind of stuff. Sitting to my left is Renee, my wife, um, whose birthday it is today. Yes, it is, unfortunately. She just just turned 29. I think you've been at 29 for a lot of times. (laughs) A long time. A long, long time. And we just had our wedding anniversary a couple days ago. And the math works out bad, but it was our 43rd. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can't tell them how long we've been married if you're going to say I'm 29. Well, you've been holding at 29 for a long time. Yeah. But we have a surprise guest. Not a surprise guest, but a guest um, that has been in, involved in the auto repair industry even before me. Right. Um, her name is Lucille Treganown. Yes. I got her last name, Treganown. Now, Lucille, good morning. Are you there? Can you hear I'm us? I'm here. Hi, good morning. Lucille, I have your book in front of me, and um, I was able to make it through three quarters of your book, and your book is called Lucille's Car Care. Lucille, what year was that book written? That was uh, published in '96. It it's surprising how how right on you are, because I didn't know when it was, and I actually thought it would be earlier than that. But '96, it it really applies in every way, shape, or form. So let's talk about first how where you got started, where were you born, and then get, tell us how you got into automotive. Well, I was born and raised in Kansas. And at the University of Arizona, I married a Pittsburgher <laughs> and, okay. ended, and ended up in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> I was um, working part-time as a clerk in an auto repair shop just while my husband was finishing college. And I was working for a man who was a really tremendous mechanic, one of the very best, but he he wasn't a good businessman. <laughs> so I ended up filling all the holes there, and then I discovered that I needed to learn some of the theory, or I couldn't continue doing what I was doing because I was just taking over his management. And so I, I got uh, auto repair books and started studying them all the time, and I soon discovered that most auto mechanics were simply take-apart-put-together men that they didn't know any theory. So I surpassed them with learning the theory of exactly how anything operates. So I was able to help them, and then gradually I just got deeper and deeper into it. And I, I agree with you 100%. We, today we call them R&R guys, right. remove and reinstall or remove and right. replace. And it's gotten and worse now that so many things have gotten so complicated that nobody wants to learn them, you know? 
and you're right. I think as a shop owner, when we when we hire someone who who comes to the service writer and says, you know, that's a mass airflow sensor, and they say fine, they bid it, and he puts it on, and then he comes back and he says, I need an oxygen sensor. Um, it's at that point that I agree with you 100%. We need to to step in and and have a good theory, a good understanding right. of the theory, and and say to him, wait a minute. There's about 30 sensors on this car, and if you think we're going to go one by one until you fix it, <laughs> we have to talk about that. Right, and it's actually gotten so much worse that uh, very few people even want, uh, want to attempt to learn the full operation of a car. And it's got worse, I agree with you, I agree with you very, very much, but it's gotten worse in the do-it-yourself market. Because, Lucille, they can take their car, they can take it to an auto parts store, where I affectionately call the young man a three-whiskered kid, and this three-whiskered kid will plug his little 995 code reader, and it'll say oxygen sensor, and then that kid will sell him every oxygen sensor they have, in spite of the fact that only 25% of the time does an oxygen sensor code create the need for an oxygen sensor so we've got that whole new arena in the car repair business no that's absolutely correct it, it just has gotten uh, to the point now where no one really wants to become what they used to refer to as an automotive mechanic you know it, it is to 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 some extent but um today let me ask you this question how much were the technicians getting back when you first started well, when I first started, they were lucky to be getting, oh, 7 or $8 an hour. <laughs> okay, okay. And to, obviously today with minimum wage and so forth, I think our guys that just walk in the door that have no skills at all, who are oil change guys, what we call light duty guys, they're going to be $10, $12 an hour, right, Renee? Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Then we go up to take them all the way to probably close to $20 an hour, depending on their skill level as it grows. Yeah, that's but right. But our senior tech, our senior techs, Louise, uh, Lucille, are, are in the vicinity of $30 to $40 an hour uh, for each hour. And they're making, in our industry, and at least in the Phoenix area, there's lots of guys out there well over $100,000 a year. No, I'm sure of that. I'm sure of but that. But they're not like what you're talking about, where we take it off and try it to hope that didn't work. These guys are what you're talking about. They're really seasoned, and to some extent, you can understand they've got gray hair somewhere. Yeah, right. And they've been around <laughs> the block a little bit. So... I want to ask you, on your book, um, you, you write down, which of your bad driving habits are costing you big bucks? So tell me, tell me how you got there and then explain that to me. Well, um, how I got to in the business, you mean? Well, no, with respect to bad driving habits, did that come to you? Did you see lots of that happening or is that some something that we fix the car but it's related to to bad driving habits so did you go forward through this or did you come backwards through it otherwise um, did you see bad habits and then relate them to the repair or the other way around well I, I think that uh, that I saw I went backwards you see the, the problem what was happening and a lot of times you could trace it back to the driver okay okay 
I would assume brakes is probably one of those. Yeah, brakes very definitely. Uh, you have full control over how many times you replace those or the cost of you know operation. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, you had lots of rear-wheel drive cars when you first started, right? Yeah, they were all rear-wheel drive when I got started. Okay. Now, it, it's, it's still a situation where Dad brings in 19-year-old son's car and wants to know, and it's a rear-wheel drive, and wants to know why the rear tires are wearing out faster than the front. <laughs> how would you gently say, how would you gently educate him? Yeah, well, we would start talking there about, uh, you know, why they're they're worn and uh, discuss the driver and the use of the brakes and everything like that. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the, uh, the, and then today, Lucille's now, I think you and I go back to the 70s pretty solid, right? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I remember working on 55, 56, and 57 Chevrolets, and it had been depending on whether it had a two-door or a two-barrel or a four-barrel. But those those V8 motors, the 283, the 327, the 307, the 265, all those V8 motors had somewhere around 160 to 180 horsepower, depending on the carburetor. Right. So today we have four cylinders with turbochargers that have right. two and a half times that much. That's right. It's just amazing that, you know, the transition from going, you know, into that era. And it makes it almost impossible for the amateur mechanic. Hey Lucille, I missed your answer, and I'm, I apologize for that. So just, you know, talk to me again about that scenario. Yeah, well, be looking for um, for some of the problems that we had back there with the older cars and the amount of power and the cost of running and everything. It makes it almost impossible, you know, to uh, to get yourself in the situation where you could diagnose it well. And that that is the problem. The problem really is, and you, you, you just hit the nail on the head, you have to understand the theory and the function of all these different yeah. components that make this car run. Yeah, you have to. Um, and I can remember at the time that I was working in this shop and started learning, de determining that I had to learn the theory because I was eye handling customers and mechanics and everything like that. And at that time, none of the mechanics wanted to learn any theory. They only wanted to take apart, put together. And as a result, I had, I had, that's the way I got my start was determining the theory. I would learn exactly, because I wasn't going to work on the car, I would learn exactly what was wrong and why it wore out and that sort of thing so that I could offer advice uh, to any of the, the young mechanics there that could work on them. And um, yeah. I can remember, you know, the that they used to call me <clears throat> the amateur mechanics uh, take apart, put together. <laughs> the the amateur mechanics uh, dial a prayer. Where, and, and, where, and, where they would be able to call me and tell me, look, I've got this car in here, and it, it slips when I take off in the transmission, but when I get it out of that out of that position, it'll be okay for a while and ask me questions about it. And because I knew the theory, even though I didn't work on the cars, I could tell them what to look for. And and that's exactly now. We're going to take a break in just a second. And so when we come back, folks, I want to talk to Lucille 
because she actually operated two transmission shops in Pittsburgh, and the transmission shops were called Transmissions by Lucille. Now, I want you during this break to think about you walk into a transmission shop, and the person that owns it, the person that runs it, the person who everyone else dances to their music turns out to be a lady. Now, I'm going to even <laughs> set you back further, and, and I'm going to set you back into the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. So when we come back, we're going to ask Lucille about transmissions by Lucille, and then she ended up, and this is where we're so much alike, she ended up with a weekly half-hour television show called Lucille's Car Care Center. And what was our first radio or television show? Wasn't it Under the Hood with Mark Salem? Yes. Yeah, uh -huh. it was something like that. So, Lucille, you stay right there. We're going to take about a three-minute break, and we're going to come back and pick you up. But that, I'm just staging the question. Lucille, tell me what those guys said <laughs> when they walked into your – how many times did – and I know there's one question you're going to come up with first. I already know what it is, and I'm sure you do too. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Lucille. But right now, Kurt's Auto Repair is a shop I'm very proud of. He's an independent repair shop, family-owned and operated auto repair facility, and he's been on our best car shop list for years and years and years, and he just recently was recognized this year in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Awards, and that says a lot. Since they opened in 1987, Kurt and Jeff and Eric have been working on domestic and import cars, both gas and diesel. They have ASE-certified technicians, which means your car is going to be repaired by well-trained and certified professionals. So Kurtz is on I-17 and Bell Road. If you live in that area, may I suggest, you maybe you take uh, your car in for an oil change, see how they treat you. If you have a garage, it's okay. But if you don't have a garage, may I suggest Kurtz Auto Repair, I-17 and Bell. We'll be right back right after this. Hello, I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 
800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. This is NASCAR driver Kurt Busch, and I am proud to support our nation's veterans. Do you know you can get a faster decision on your disability compensation claims by filing an electronic fully developed claim, or e-claim, on e-benefits? Take it from a guy who lives his life in the fast lane. Faster is better. Visit ebenefits.va.gov today to learn more. E-claims. Online VA claims made simple. A message from the Department of Veterans Affairs. The mechanic raised up from under my hood and he shook his head and said, This ain't good. The timing belt's done shrunk one size too small. No spark plug wires are a little too long. And you- 192 to 9600 and we crashed so I'm, I apologize to everybody for that um, Lucille um, when we left it we were talking about when folks or specifically men walked into your transmission shop in Pittsburgh what kind of conversation took place there at the very beginning well see by the time that uh, that I opened my own shop I had developed somewhat of a reputation and uh, when I opened the shop I was busy immediately you know, so that the the most interesting parts came when I was manning the counter at the transmission shop where I learned and where I worked. And okay. they would come in and be shocked by finding a woman there. So did they ask for to talk to a technician or a mechanic or the yeah. owner thinking in, that... <laughs> in the beginning, Lucille, they, they, s- they insisted on talking to a man. And I they soon still learned... They do that, Lucille. What? They still do that, Lucille. Oh, do they? Yes, <laughs> well, see, yes. I le- I'll tell you a, a tip on how I learned to handle that. I would be, I'd wear a shop coat, and I'd be manning the counter, and I would be, every t- customer had to talk to me if they were going to talk about what they wanted done or what they were doing or anything. And I would stand there, and when a man came in and asked me a question, and he wanted to talk to a man. He wouldn't even want to listen. He'd say, well, I want to talk to the mechanic. I want to talk to the mechanic. And so I finally learned to call the dumbest, dirtiest-looking mechanic in the shop. And I would call him in and have him stand beside me at the counter. And then I, I would say, okay, ask your question. And the mechanic wouldn't know what to say. He didn't know any fury, and he was really uncomfortable, you know. And so right. uh, I would keep doing that, and every question he'd ask, I'd ask the mechanic, and he'd have to pass it on to me. And eventually he felt so stupid he would turn and talk to me directly then. 
Okay, okay. Well, my wife and daughter have the same problem that you've just described because they um, also man the front counter. But anyway, Lucille, the, the, the women in my family who handle the front counter end up with the same kind of problem. They have guys and, and ladies both just ask for somebody else or a technician or right. something like that. And unfortunately, many of them, many of the men want to tell us, some of the men want to tell us how to work and how to fix their car. Right. They have their own idea of what we should have done. And Lucille, the biggest problem we have is is when they come in and told us they've replaced everything and still have the problem. <laughs> and and Lucille, I, I have a truck in right now. I am not kidding you. I It's a 94 Tahoe, Chevrolet Tahoe. Everything underneath the hood is new. Every sensor, the intake manifold, the throttle body, all the electronics, everything is new. And it was one. Of, it's it's got to have eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars worth of parts in it. It's from from another shop, but they've never figured out you know what it was. One of the things is is they had two PCV valves in it. So instead of fresh air coming in one side of the engine and and then the the PCV valve sucking in fumes, they're sucking off both sides of the valve of both sides of the engine. So when we pulled the dipstick tube, we heard that vacuum sound. Oh, for God's and we sake. go, how can this motor have vacuum in the crankcase? But today, we fixed that. But today we know that the oxygen sensor, the, and the whole problem with this car, Lucille, is, is that it idles good for about 15 seconds, and then it just goes slower and slower and slower till it dies. Well, what we know is, is that something is cutting off the fuel, and we can see the fuel drop and drop and drop until it dies. And if we were to artificially inseminate it with with uh, propane or carburetor cleaner we can actually keep it running but the question that we haven't answered yet is is what's causing the computer to start trimming the fuel what's lying to the computer and telling it hey start shutting off the fuel and then that's how it dies and so far i must admit we know what's going on we just don't know which one it is which one of the many sensors it yeah. is but in the transmission business, you dealt with what kind of transmissions were you especially good on? Well, we, uh, you know, when I went in, into uh, the business, we had any of the, you know, just the older uh, automatics. Uh, there were even, remember the one that was called the Jetaway? <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, that's I, way before way, my time. Oh, that's way back, yeah. You know, so that when I, when I got started in the business, that was way back that far. Now, how about the power glide, the two-speed oh, power yeah. glide? The, the power glide, the the jetaway, uh, and even the old uh, the old hydromatic, um, and the two-speed Ford and three-speed Fords, you know. And then they first started coming in with the overdrives, you know. Oh yeah. Now, was the AOD in your that Ford AOD in your uh, in your uh, yes, time absolutely. frame? Absolutely. Okay, so did you still have the 350s and the 400 on oh, the yeah, Chevrolet we, side? I, yeah, 350s and 400s were our biggest movers. Okay, so that means that did you have the 700, which is the first electronic and the first overdrive transmission yeah, that I remember? Uh, so I was you there had that. when that one first came out, too. Okay. 
All righty, Lucia, we're going we're gonna to take a break, and Gil and I are going to see if we can uh, and drop a, a, a decide what we're going to do. Okay. But uh, if, you, if anybody has a call for Lucille, then it's easy. It's 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and, um, and you can talk to Lucille, especially ladies. Yes. Because the ladies have a particular um, fear of car repair, and Lucille certainly has created a, a, uh, an, and a good relationship with respect to that. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by IMM Auto Service. They've been fixing cars right and carry for their customers since 1972. IMM is on just south of the 202, just west of the 101. They have ASE Master Certified Technicians, and they work on just about everything in your garage. However, they work on Swedish, Italian, and Asian vehicles, which cause the rest of us to just squirm in our boots. Volvo, Saab, Fiat, Alfa Romeo, you have to have someone who's worked on those cars before in order to fix them. Now, anybody can change the oil, but when it gets to every time you open the door, the radio station changes, you better find somebody who can work on a Volvo, a Saab, a Fiat, and Alfa Romeo, and the shop I know, the only one in Phoenix, is IMM Auto. My name is Mark Salem. Right now, it's 1030. We'll be right back. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Make plans now for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure to the Holy Land. The Stand with Israel Tour is happening this fall. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you timely insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. In the context of Jerusalem's 50-year anniversary, experience the Western Wall, modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and much more, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. For trip details, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement. A plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read and are read too 
do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Patriot app tip number four. Listening to the Seth and Chris show from 3 to 6 p.m. and want to chime in? Open your Patriot app, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name's Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is my wife, Renee, and we have a guest on the line. Her name is Lucille Tried. Trigonal. Okay, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'm just, uh, I, I've been saying it through the break a hundred times, and then I get on the air and I mess it up. Gil, you had a caller, and why don't you share with us what the caller said? Yeah, we had a caller. His name was Tim, and uh, Tim was calling in the area of Florence, and uh, he wanted me to pass along the message to Lucille that you're one of Mark's best guests ever, and uh, he absolutely loves you, and uh, you can work at his front desk anytime, he says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He was uh, he was very um, he, he thinks you're wonderful and um, and I do too. You're, you're a breath of fresh air on a on a rainy day here in the valley. Well, let me let me tell you something that that I learned. See, it was unusual <clears throat> completely for a woman to be so, involved in this business back then, and so a lot of people remembered it and everything. And I I learned the business so thoroughly. And then when I started arguing with the owner of the shop where I was that I I opened my own shop. And um, I immediately started playing on the fact that it was a woman's shop. And I, in my parking lot for the cars, I put posts in the, in the ground and put transmission cases upside down with flowers growing in them. So basically you had a discussion with your boss. Then you started up the, your company. Yeah, right. And that's when I had started up my company. That's the way I did all the way around the outside of my parking lot. I had transmission cases on posts upside down with flowers growing in them. And oh, wow. when I had um, left and I'd been, it was a month or two before I got my shop ready so I could move into it and everything. And I was had a sign painter on the front of the building uh, to put the name of the company. And I decided to call it Transmissions by Lucille because it sounded sort of like a designer dress or something, you know, something special. And so I, he was going to, tra- he was uh, painting up their transmissions by. And cars driving by the on the street didn't know didn't know at all uh, what what was going in there because it's transmissions by and they kept watching the uh, the sign 
And the day that the um, that the sign painter spelled out Lucille on the front of that building, one of the drivers driving by trying to watch what was going in that building, he was so shocked by the Lucille that he ran into a tr- into a telephone post and crashed his car. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Because he, that, you that... know, he just couldn't believe that, and that's how that that, that car just hit right into the telephone pole. Now, Lucille, the, I want to read something out of your your book on Chapter 8. It says, Service with a Smile. You talk about how the repair industry was the wicked stepsister of the repair trade and that mechanics during your beginning and middle time were called grease monkeys, and they were out to make a buck on expensive, fraudulent repairs. What do you think it's like today? Well, I think uh, that... Unfortunately, there are a lot of parts sold that aren't necessary, but I don't think it's in the case of, of fraud or uh, dishonesty as much as it is that they aren't checked thoroughly. I agree with you. I think one of the things in our industry today that we're running across is we're running across all brand new stuff that doesn't appear in the owner's manual. And it's it's it sounds like this, Lucille. Lucille, thank you very much for coming in, and we changed your oil, but Lucille is... Uh, bear with us, Lucille. Uh, Mark is uh, dropped, but he will be back momentarily. Okay. But uh, in the meantime, let's take a call from Frank. Frank is calling in. Frank, you're on the uh, and, go ahead. Okay. Hello, Lucille and then, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Okay, um, it it that is exactly the the situation we're in now, where we're creating these. We have these flush machines, and a lot of us call it that we're flushing the customer's wallet, but in reality, they're creating these new mandatory things that you must do that are highly lucrative for us uh, in our industry, but really without symptoms, they're totally unneeded for the car owner. And so that's something, Lucille, we're flushing the intake valves, the intake manifold, the throttle blades. We're, flush, we're flushing the evaporative, uh, the evap, evaporative core um, underneath the dashboard because we're... Looks like uh, Mark stepped out again. Frank, go ahead and make your comment. Hello, Lucille. Pleasure to talk to you. Am I on? Yeah, you're on. Oh, okay. Uh, My first car was a 1963 Pontiac Catalina, and I had a a roto-hydromatic Slim Jim. I wonder if you ever worked on one of those. On on, uh, what year was it? 1963. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a interesting transmission, the way they worked it. It was almost ahead of its time. It's too bad that it was so fragile. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's, you know what we used to call that transmission? The Slim Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there was only one person that would work on it out in Phoenix. I didn't catch where you were from, but um, it was Gentry's Hydromatic, which has been out of business for years and years, and he he told me, I was a kid, you know, he told me, if, if you want to keep driving, you you better drive it like you have an egg on between your foot and a gas pedal because um, it wasn't going to take any abuse 
and uh, it ran hot, and boy, did it run hot. That transmission fluid was always like it was about to boil. And yeah. the story was that it had whale oil in the transmission fluid, which they don't allow in the United States anymore. Well, that transmission was one of our biggest movers because it was, uh, uh, you know, a bad one from the factory. And uh, yeah. I was in business in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, so no matter where you were in the country, if you were working on the Slim Jim, you know, you had your hands full. Yeah. I had a, I had a problem getting someone to work on it, and of course, I took it to a chain not knowing any better, and they wanted to just rebuild it right away. And I took it to this to this gentleman, and uh, he came to an unfortunate end. He, you know, after working all his life, he was still working, and one night he got up and hit his knee on a coffee table, and they gave him uh, a medis- medication in the hospital, what the, the morphine, and uh, he was allergic to it, and it killed him. But um, he put a... He put a front seal on it, and it was okay. I just drove it easy, but it was a fun transmission because the way it shifted, you know, yeah. kind of bounced a little bit to it. And uh, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, if I ever hit the lottery, I want to buy another one of those. That was a fun <laughs> car. <laughs> no, that particular one in uh, in all of the GM transmissions there, except the Buick, they didn't use it, but uh, all of them had that, that nasty transmission. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you could work on that, you can work on anything. Oh, yeah. We worked on... I wish I had a dollar for every one of those we had in the shop. Wow. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Lucille. Okay. All right. You take care now. All right. Okay, Lucille, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break because Mark Salem is uh, past his break time. So we're going to go and take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Mark Salem's Under the Hood. Mark is talking to Lucille, a longtime um, um, pioneer, a woman pioneer of uh, automotive industry rep- car repair. And we're going to be right back right after this. I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the Valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, Don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. If you or a loved one needs support at home, the experienced and compassionate caregivers of Comfort Care Home Care can provide a wide variety of companion and personal care services, including assistance with bathing, grooming, mobility, transportation, and meal preparation. They also provide services such as Alzheimer's care, medication reminders, and safety supervision for fall prevention. I would like to thank you for your assistance. We particularly appreciated you getting the caregiving set up so quickly and for the compassion and personal touch you added. My dad told me he feels a lot better mentally and emotionally, and you've been an instrumental part of that. Comfort Care services are available throughout the greater Phoenix area and can assist you or your loved one for a few hours a week or 24 hours a day. 
Call today to learn how Comfort Care can support your family with the highest level of care. 602-438-1300. Again, that's 602-438-1300. Comfort Care Home Care. Supporting independence, dignity, and quality of life. Well, welcome back, everybody. Mark Salem is now on the phone because our electronics just simply are not going to cooperate. I want to thank you, Lucille, for handling a call for me. And we have another caller named George. George, good morning to you. How can we help you? Yes, uh, good morning. I've got a little bit of history question for Lucille. Back in, I guess, all the way from the end of World War II, uh, the big three manufactured their own automatic transmissions. And then, but people like uh, American Motors and maybe Studebaker Hudson and so on, and even Jaguar, and I think it was possibly Rolls Royce, used the automatic transmission from an independent manufacturer. Do you remember who that was? Uh, I'm trying to remember. No, I don't. Okay. I don't either, obviously. Well, thank you. I'm enjoying listening to you. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're listening. I can't, I can't think of that. All right. Bye now. Thank you very much, George. Lucille, when uh, we were last talking, I, I said to you that uh, we were seeing some, oh, by the way, 602-508-0960. If you'd talk, like to talk to Lucille, that's the number, 602-508-0960. So, Lucille, that's the problem I think we have in our industry today is, is that it's actually a, a problem caused by cars being so good. Just the other day, a gentleman went into a repair shop and he was told that he needed spark plugs and a transmission service and a cooling system flush. He asked him for an estimate, which they provided, and then he gracefully thanked them. And then he later called another friend of mine and said, what do you think about this? And, and Daryl said, well, why don't you look in your owner's manual? And when the customer did look in his owner's manuals, all of those were at 100,000-mile intervals. So because of that, Lucille, because we're in that 60 and 90 and 100,000-mile interval on virtually every new car that's been made probably since 2010, that's going to reduce the amount of maintenance we get. And so unfortunately, in my opinion, our industry is now creating these new maintenance procedures that really don't benefit the customer, but really benefit the shop. Well, I, I agree with you. You know, that's happened because uh, it just, you know, in the beginning of um, automatic transmissions, we were recommending, you know, changing fluid and doing all of that around every 12,000 miles. And then little and, by little, uh, everything has changed. And by now, you're absolutely correct that they'll, they brag about no maintenance, you know? Right. And, you, and you're right. And with synthetic fluids. Now, let me ask you, what was the range? And I don't know the answer to this, but what was the range where you never got your transmission in a temperature range? It seems to me it was like 250, something like that. Uh, as far as temperature went? Well, yeah, as far as fluid temperature in the transmission. Mm, I don't think it was ever that high. And And perhaps it wasn't. It wasn't. Today, we have synthetic transmission fluid that they brag about a 500 Fahrenheit oxidation, which is oxidation as the oil turns to a tar. But I don't think there's any part of a new transmission that's ever going to experience 500 degrees successfully for any length of time at all. 
So I'm surprised that we're using this real superior fluid in a transmission that I'm quite sure is going to melt down somewhere around 300 degrees. You know, I've, uh, I retired, so let's see, probably 10 or 12 years ago. And I haven't been around some of the advertisement on this new uh, transmission fluid if you were that temperature. Yes. But I would certainly uh, hesitate to think it would be great. Well, and Lucille, even even to make it worse, we have now sealed transmissions with no dipstick tube, no way to check the transmission. Yeah. The transmission Com- is factory filled. Yeah, and, and, as a and completely of that, and totally enclosed. Yes, yes. Completely but, and totally enclosed. Yeah, you have and no access uh, to it. you know there are just so many things that they've done, you know, with the newer newer models that are just uh, unbelievable to me when I, when I started back with the really original ones. Right. Well, today what we have to do is is you have to go in and and, and every car is different, so you're either going to disconnect the cooler hoses and you're going to you know suck new fluid in and push new fluid out on the sealed transmissions. Or some of them have a fill and a drain plug where you can take the drain plug off. And then, of course, once it stops draining, you can refill it. But the whole purpose of that um, escapes me. But what it does create is we've gone from $125 to $175 filter and fluid change to something that can cost three and $400 up to $500 every 100,000 miles. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely correct. Those uh, recommendations have changed so much, and uh, not only there's a longer span in between, but the the prices are just unbelievable. Yeah, and and the new transmissions are unbelievable. It's not uncommon for a new, you know, four-speed with an overdrive and a lockup, which most people would consider to be a six-speed, but it's different. But those can be anywhere in some of the import and uh, European cars, those transmissions can run five to ten thousand dollars. In the domestic world, those transmissions are still on the twenty-five hundred to five thousand in a box before you install them. No, and you know, that's something that I've I've noticed just in passing when you see an advertisement or something, and they'll they'll give you you know the average price for a rebuilt replacement transmission of being in the thousands it just is unbelievable to me well that's that's exactly that's exactly the point um we had a case not too long ago that i was working for a law enforcement agency just like you in kind of a wit expert witness position and the customer had taken the car to a transmission shop they said you know fifteen hundred dollars it'll be fine then once they got it out and apart in 2,000 pieces, then the estimate went to 3,500. So the customer had no choice because no one's going to take that transmission in a grocery cart. Right. And so the uh, customer said yes, but when the customer picked up the transmission of the car, he had the same exact problem that he took it in for. So he took it back three different times, and, of course, nothing got better. So then he took it to a dealer who put a brand-new Ford transmission in, and that didn't fix it either. And then ultimately they found that the harness between the computer and the transmission had been oil-soaked, and we had some shorting of the solenoid wires. And what was happening to this car, Lucille, was at 60 miles an hour, it would inadvertently drop to first gear. And that's that's an exciting ride. You can understand that. Yeah, right. So... The harness was changed, which is a $75 harness and $125 labor, 
and he went back to the dealer, and they quickly gave him his money back, and he went back to the first shop, and who said no? And then it turned into a lawsuit that the shop later lost. But we're still in the area that, you know, we're still in that area of good and bad, just as if we were back when you and I started in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. No, you're absolutely right about that. And so often it, it's not an intended thing, an intentional thing to, to you know, take somebody on a ride like that, but it's, it's a lack of, uh, of expertise in diagnosis. Yeah. I remember that Chrysler had a problem where the cars were going down the freeway, and mostly it was minivans. And sometimes, Lucille, you had five, six, seven people in those minivans. Right. And then all of a sudden, someone would, everybody in the car would be thrown into the windshield. And and it took forever for people to figure out that, again, it was dropping into first gear at highway speed. And what it was was the speed sensor that reports to the computer would go from 60 or 70 miles an hour to zero. And the computer would look at the chart and say, well, at zero miles an hour, I need to be in first gear. And so it would shift the transmission into first gear, thinking that the car was stopped. But right. in fact, it was doing 70 miles an hour. No, that that uh, would be a really horrendous thing to have happen, but it could happen, you know. Right, right. Well, and one last question, Lucille. We hear it almost every day of my life where people say that they've been told by the transmission shop that if you change the fluid um, because you haven't done it correctly or haven't done your intervals correctly, if you change the fluid, then there's more. it's more likely than not that your transmission is going to fail. So I have two questions. Number one, was that applicable during your time? And number two, do you think that's applicable today? Well, uh, in in my time, uh, you know, I think it would be very unlikely to happen. Okay. Ever. And, uh, and you know, as far as now goes, I, I just still don't, that seems pretty weird to me if it's capable of happening that way, you know? Mm-hmm. It, um, it, usually the story goes that if you take old fluid out and put new fluid in, then it's going to wash the transmission clean inside, and your transmission's being held together by the dirt and the varnish, and so when you put new fluid in, everything will come apart, the transmission will fail. That's typically the response I get when I ask why. Yeah, well, I, I think that, that that's a sales tactic as opposed to, to a, a technical uh, recommendation. Okay. Well, Lucille, if you're ever traveling and you come to Arizona, um, I'd like to sit across the, the desk from you in our radio studio, not where I'm at today, but in, a, in our normal radio studio. So if you ever do get here, I would certainly like you to call me, and I'd like to have you as a guest today. Yeah, well, if um, I make so, it out that way, I'll sure call you. I appreciate that okay. very much. And Bye. thank you very much, Lucille. Folks, Lucille's Car Care book um, is available just anywhere, but that is the name of it, Lucille's Car Care book. And she has such wonderful advice that is still so applicable today. What is a burnt toast smell versus a rotten egg odor for your car? How to decipher the jargon from the land of mechanics so you can speak their language? How to establish a maintenance routine and make simple cars repairs yourself? For instance, cleaning the battery cables, if that's what you wanted to do. Um, and when to throw in the towel and call the experts. And we never got to that one. But I can tell you right now, after you've replaced four or five parts, 
it's probably time to get an expert because you spent more money guessing than we're going to charge you to diagnose the problem. And it's not anything negative that folks don't say to me in my shop and other shops, I want you to diagnose it, but I want to fix it. And then we say, well, it depends on what we diagnose. It may be beyond your capabilities, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's diagnose it first. And when you say you want to fix it, that puts a little pressure on the shop to get it right. Because if they say that you have to do this and you do that, then only one of two things can happen. Either you did it wrong or they misdiagnosed it. And the only way to prove that they diagnosed it right is to fix the problem themselves. So that makes a big difference when it comes to diagnosing. You're really separating the men from the boys. This hour is brought to you by Larry Harker's Auto Repair. They've been a trusted name for automobile repair since 1972. No, 1967. I'm dyslexic today. Visit Larry Harker's for fast and affordable service. They do everything. Auto electrical work, brake service, auto emissions, vehicle maintenance. But they can really find out why your car failed emissions. They have the equipment to repair that. And they can also find those troubling problems. And especially if the conversation starts out with, I've had my car to everybody in town and nobody can fix it. Well, that's proverbially called, (laughs) I can't even talk today. That's typically called waving the red flag in front of the bull. And you can do that with Bob at Larry Harker's Auto at 38th Avenue Indian School. You just simply use that phrase, everybody's tried and couldn't. And you'll automatically see the hair Stand up and he'll say, well, I'll give it a good shot. So he's a really good diagnostician. He's somebody who knows the fundamentals of cars and the car theory. So if you're anywhere near 38th Avenue and Indy School, or you're just looking for a good car repair shop, or you're willing to travel for one of the best diagnosticians I know, then Larry Harker's is a great place to go. 602 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960 is the number. We're going to take calls for the second hour and you're welcome to join us. If you have a comment about Lucille's first hour, you can do that as well. I'm Mark Salem. It's uh, 58 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock, and we'll be back talking about cars right after this. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.